Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM, and your source for latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on our socials as we do each and every week. Joining me this week, we have Jacob Terrell, Earl Nieto, and uh, Jacob is trying to beatbox. What a professional there. Yeah. To get through that <laughs> with just a small chuckle and not break. Like, there's been times when you've messed that up with nothing going on. And then, and those were like in year one. And now you're just pushing through no matter what's going on. Well, you know, I'm trying to put those demo reels together, you know. Yeah. Try, yeah, to, get my, gotta, try to get my foot in the door somewhere. Gonna get those I also want to start a petition that Ken is better than Ben Seth. Better than Seth. Who? Who? Ken. Ken Stickinger? Yeah. Yeah. Ken had Ken smiled. On Ken the side smiled line. after a goal. In the <laughs> Ken does that. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. I mean, granted, you guys are down on the field. And uh yes, we do have rules that are supposed to follow up in the press box. Um but I will admit to a, a number of folks in the box getting excited about the goal Definitely. on uh Wednesday night last week. So uh or on uh, Saturday before, I should say. So a lot of fun, uh, a lot of good times to be had. So, um, man, we've got so much to get to this week. We've got roster news. We've got matches. We got three matches to talk about. We got two roster moves. We got some new kits. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So, uh, my one burning question for the week: Did you guys watch the All Star Game, and does it matter? Uh, what All Star Game? Major League Baseball All Star Game. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean there's, there's I guess, I guess. I guess there's the answer to my question. Your question. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize there was All-Stars in baseball. But listen, did you know it's, a, it's, it's impossible for most people to lick their elbows? Yes. Why, why don't you go ahead and try, Earl? I've tried all day. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 can, for Earl. <laughs> I can just see him just sitting at his desk at work going... Uh, and no, <laughs> we'll have to confirm this with Earl's uh, co-workers if we can. Good thing I work alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you guys didn't even know the, that the All-Star game was this week, then uh, yeah, it really doesn't matter all that much. I am semi-kidding. Like, I knew it was this week because I, I watched part of the Home Run Derby yesterday. Mm-hmm. But uh, I... By the time today came around, I had, didn't think of it at all. Bottom of the eighth, two outs, three-two American League right now. Yeah, I had no care in the world. I was too busy simulating my lawn mowing company. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to ask Earl: Did you start your pressure washing business? Not yet. Not yet. It's it's okay. uh the my business registration is in process. All right, all right. Uh, are you like are you live streaming this? Can people watch you simulate you know, mowing lawns? Oh, I'm getting ready to. Um, I'm thinking August first. I will start uh, start a live stream on the page here. Um, so breaking news to everybody here that Earl is getting into the lawn mowing business, and he's also becoming a video game content creator. The virtual lawn mowing business. You know what? You know what's kind of funny. There's a decent chance that he ends up with more people watching him do that than we have on average on the podcast 
it's entirely possible. <laughs> um, you know, video games are big business, man. They really are. They they draw a lot of people. Um, a buddy of mine, you've, you've talked to him, Jason. You know, he's uh, he's gotten back in streaming again lately, and he's been streaming uh, eFootball. Um, mm. So he's doing what what he what would be called a viewers to glory. So all anyone that comes in the channel uh, can help influence what happens with his club. He's suggesting players to sign things of that nature. And, you know, what kit to, to what kit to wear, what club to represent. So uh, early on in his viewers to glory, I did uh, suggest that he sign Christian Nava and Danny Trejo. So <laughs> also in case you didn't know this, if you were to spend a thousand bucks and get yourself one of them fancy new PS5 things, um, and then turn around and spend an extra $327 on Amazon for NCAA 14, you can play NCAA 14 for a whopping $1,500. It'll play it on the PS5? Yes. Wait, what? Yeah, so there's a content streamer that I personally watch. Um, so shameless plug for this guy. Um, his Facebook page is Mac Daddy Dimes. He plays FIFA 14 every morning. I, I'm just at a loss for how the, how the PS5 is natively playing PS3 games. It uh it it backtracks or back whatever the hell it's called. Backwards compatible to a PS3? Yes. And actually, I believe it's backwards compatible to the PS1. If I could play Twisted Metal on it, <laughs> I am I in. in. I am in. But can I play GoldenEye on it? No, that's what about, an N64. What about the Hold on, what about the Brown <laughs> Okay, let's... Whoa, whoa. We hadn't gone that far yet, Earl. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, apparently the all-star game is going on. No one is paying any attention to it whatsoever. Juan Soto, of course, won the home run derby last night. Uh, apparently he had some monster shots. Uh, did you watch, did you guys watch the all-star home run derby? I did watch. I had it on my phone as we were being a family. Okay. <laughs> uh, had the TV on and stuff too. So I didn't watch like every single moment of it, but I did, was kind of paying attention to it. Until everybody that I cared about was out of it, and then I was like, "Okay." So basically, I didn't watch the final. Okay. Yeah, I, I had no interest, honestly. Like at this point, there's really not a lot of draw to the home run derby. I mean, I would much rather watch the futures game, but even then, I still don't care about that much either. So. Um, yeah, no one cares about baseball. Listen, did you know that most American car horns honk in the key of F? Which is also the same key as a dial tone. That is very random. I don't like the chain. <laughs> I think that's probably the, the most off the wall one you've 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 had yet, Earl. As Jacob walks away and Earl is continuing to drink his drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am actually drinking shame another shameless plug. Um diet A and W. A and W, if you're listening, we are seeking sponsorships for the show. Yes. So A and W and Mac Daddy Dimes, if you want to go ahead and just throw us some throw some cash this way, uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, but if you don't, that also won't be we won't take any offense to it. Um, <laughs> but 
we do have a show to get on to. Um, that we do. That we do. But before that, listen. Did you know that Thomas Edison, you know, the guy that invented the light bulb, the thing that's shining in my face right now, was afraid of the dark? That I didn't know. That is, that is interesting, Earl. Thank you for that factoid there. Um, but yeah, as Earl said, we do have a lot to get to this evening. Uh, first up, we will uh, did want to touch on the USL Championship Team of the Week that got announced today. Alex Tambakis was named to the bench for the Team of the Week. Uh, I'm, I don't know what United's got to do to actually break into the start to the starters of the team of the week. Uh, I feel like we've had some really strong performances and you look at some of the guys who put out, you know, mid season team of the year. I feel like United really kind of got a shaft in a couple different positions. Like there are some guys that are putting together, putting together some really solid seasons, uh, for United that are just kind of getting left out. So, um, uh, I mean, can I, can I can I ask who? Who got left out? Yeah. Um, I feel like you could have put Will Seymour in there. I feel like you could have put Rashid in there. Um, I feel like you could have uh, you could have put uh, uh, Christian Nava in there as like an honorable mention. Um, I wouldn't say put our forwards in there because they haven't had uh, a stellar year so far. But I mean, there's guys that could have definitely been mentioned. You know, Alex is a guy that probably hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So you said our our forwards should not be put even in like team of the year mention? mid mid season oh. team of the year no oh team of the year sorry sorry yeah, I was no. busy I was busy uh, fantasizing about my my lawn mowing business <laughs> so my arguments because uh, I believe Seymour uh, I, I could see the problem with Seymour is that he's basically has played two positions especially of late. So it's what position do you put him in? But he has been spectacular. Sheed, I don't think, has played enough. Nava definitely hasn't played enough. Portillo would be the name that I would throw out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think Portillo is probably the only one that I would have a problem with. Uh, Harry is just firing shots at Earl <laughs> all the time, and it is hilarious. Yep. Yeah, he is. Harry, glad to see you back in the chat, bud. We haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, I just want to throw that out there, get a, get a quick thought on that. Um, you know, congrats to Alex for making Team of the Week honors. Uh, always a good, always a good week when United gets a gets a shout there. Um, next up for New Mexico United news and notes, we did have two roster moves this week. First, of, <clears throat> the first of which being the signing of Romario Williams, former Charlotte Battery or Charleston Battery, former Atlanta United, former the Miami FC, uh, former Jamaican international player. Romario Williams comes in uh, on a free. Uh, for the remainder of the season, uh, this is a guy coming in who's had a number of career goals. I believe it's 52, 57, somewhere in there, uh, career goals coming in. A guy that's uh, a proven scoring threat of uh, every stop along the way. And so, um, Jacob, you and I were on that call. Earl, for whatever reason, was not. Um, he was working. He was working. Well, so were we. So, I mean, I wasn't. <laughs> while i was on the call but i took a break from work to do yeah. it i even um, changed my shirt and everything so that i wouldn't be all see i couldn't because i was necktie and suit in albuquerque um managing a region being the only person in charge so no i couldn't just like walk away and did you I'm have sure. a, did you have a oh, computer did you have a computer at your desk no i don't have a desk 
commandeer do one. Phone? Uh, I do have a phone. Um, <laughs> I've done it from a phone. You know what? Just, just carry on. Just carry on. I'm, I'm sure David Carr would have given you a shout out if he'd shown up in, in a suit and tie roll. With a with a new haircut too, he'd love that that day. That's actually the day I got a haircut too. So <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Um. So yeah, sitting on that call, you know, talking to Romario. I mean, Jacob, what stood out to you, um, bringing in Romario at that time? As far as the press conference, or just the, the, the idea press of bringing him in? in general? Yeah. Uh, I. I mean, we talked about it, uh, and then <laughs> hashtag Pete leaks. Because uh, he's the best, uh, and thanks for Earl for seeing that and sending it out to the group chat. Uh, said stay tuned on a post about the attack on Facebook, and then not a couple hours later we get a notification: Hey, um, gonna have a player announcement. And then two o'clock that day we get Romario in there, and I, I think that he just he's gonna be a fantastic addition to this team, whether it's working up top with Nico. Uh, giving Nico some breathers because Nico's played probably more minutes than anybody on the team. Um, I'll have that for us in just a few minutes. Uh, or with Dev, if Dev can can come back, and uh, I don't know what's going on with Dev. I don't know if he's not healthy or what, but Dev coming back, uh, Moreno coming back, Weehan coming back, uh, Moreno hopefully coming back. Anyways, um, there's just a lot there that. I'm very excited about and Romaro just adds, I mean, he's a, he's a little bit bigger than, than Nico. Um, he talked in the, the press conference about his holdup play. Um, and then of course his finishing and whatnot. So I, I just think that it's going to be, uh, a very welcome addition. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if, uh, he takes off or sparks somebody else taking off. Yeah, I made the comment uh, over on Reddit that Romario is a guy that I've seen uh, for a number of years, you know, in this time with Atlanta United and, and Atlanta United too. And I, I think I said it over on Twitter as well. Uh, and we kind of talked about it in our in our group chat, talking about who this affected more. Um, I kind of felt like it would affect Deb and Ilya more. Obviously, we'll get to the Ilya news here in just a second, but Ilya no longer with, with the club. Um, but yeah, Romario, like I said, he's not a guy, he's not going to outpace a ton of people. He he does have really good hold up play. He's a guy that you know, like he's got, he's going to help spring some guys, and he is good with both feet. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy that's going to be able to get into the area and put some shots on frame for United. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love I'm going to I think I'm going to love seeing him and Nico up top. Uh, and then he's got connections kind of all over this club. He mentioned um, playing with Portillo, and and he actually played with Zach Prince, our head coach. Um, had Tembacus over there, had, uh, Mike, Mike, that's the other one, Azira. Um, and then of course, Nico and him are both from Jamaica. They, he said they played youth ball together. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, of familiarity between our club and him coming in, which should help with the transition for him. I would, I would think that would help a little bit. Uh, he, he did mention in the, uh, press conference that, he thought he was in pretty good shape coming in, uh, and then he got a taste of the altitude, um, which is why he wasn't in the 18 Saturday. And I don't know if he'll be in the 18 this coming Saturday. I, I think he might be because we're playing in Detroit, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. 
yeah, there's a very real chance that he could be uh, Saturday in Detroit. But yeah, it, it's funny because we talk about the altitude, and a lot of people bring it up, you know, on the broadcast and and across different places. But to hear a a, a player the caliber of Romario, guy who's been in the MLS, guy who's played internationally, come in and say, yeah, the, the altitude is absolutely a factor because he didn't get into town until Tuesday of last week. So he'd been in town roughly 48 hours before the announcement. Um, and so Friday was his first official day, like training with the club. So uh, I think he'll, he, we'll see him get in there more or a little bit quicker than we saw Ratty make his, um, his uh, development yes. schedule. Yes, sure. um, Cause I think Romario is better suited um, to this style of play, this type of atmosphere and, and the elevation having been in different places. So well, and, and Romario's position doesn't, require near as much physically as as a guy like ratty who's playing you know back line and almost a forward at times when in the attack bombing out that side whereas uh, of course nico and them drop back to defend but they're not you know booking it back because they're not the last line of defense they're more pressing either up high or dropping you know just past midfield to try to win a ball they're not they're not going all out to get back and so so I definitely agree that we should see him a lot sooner than, or it should be a, a lot easier for him rather than Ratty making that transition. Josh Carrillo over in the chat. Josh, how are you doing this Josh. evening? Glad to see you, buddy. Um, uh, yeah, Harry, we will absolutely get to that here in just a second. United making moves up the standings uh, to go up the standings. Nice to see. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, yeah, so Earl, you've been in and around the socials. You spend a lot more time on Facebook than either of us do. Um, I know Jacob, you're still fairly active over there, but Earl, there's been a lot of talk over on Facebook about United's attack, uh, the forwards you know, not being involved as much, not scoring as many goals. Do you think the signing of Romario is going to help kind of quiet that down a bit? And what sort of impact do you see Romario making? So first off, God, I hope it does quiet down the social medias, um, especially the guru, um, whose Cole. first name starts with a C. Um, and Harry, I was actually never on MySpace. That's where all the all the cool cat and kids were. That wasn't me. Um, Earl wasn't old enough. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. <laughs> Earl doesn't even know what MySpace is. That's, he thinks, that's why, he thinks that's it's why. his personal bubble that nobody can come in and touch him. Yeah. That's what he thinks yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that with Romario coming in, it does quiet down the social media people. But I want to say it won't because there's people like Cole who openly admitted on social media that he wants the club to play perfect every single game and win every single game like a hairball. Oh, oh, no, a bug just a bug just flew out of Earl's mouth. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on here. <laughs> I don't, I don't that, that was amazing. Uh, anyways, so Cole uh, wants the club to play perfect and win every single match. Like supposed, like supposedly, um, eh, fuck it, I'll say it. Like San Antonio. Which Harry, if you can, uh, if you can enlighten me on how perfect San Antonio plays and how they the run, wrong, this is the wrong every... tree to bark at, bro. 
But yeah, so I, I'm hoping it works. Um, what was the second part of the second part of the? Uh, yeah, that, that kind of encompassed it there. So, Good. yeah, Romario Williams comes in, um, and, and like like I said you know, a few minutes ago, I felt like this was going to affect Dev and Ilya more than the other forwards, um, simply because of the fact that uh, for me it comes from looking at Romario, seeing his style of play, and uh, looking at how you know the other forwards, so like Dev and Ilya, obviously more hold up guys. The guys are going to you know be more of the the creators there inside the box for, for Nico or Preston. And we've already seen the news that came out. Uh, I believe it was, was it yesterday? Uh, the club has uh, mutually terminated and the club and Ilya Illich have mutually terminated the contract uh, for the remainder of the season. So um, obviously disappointing to see Ilya go. He did have a couple wonder goals for New Mexico United over the past uh, season and a half that he was here. But I mean, really Ilya hasn't been seeing a whole lot of playtime. He, he was injured for a bit this year as well. But the introduction of Romario was going to significantly cut the little playing time that he did have out. And I could see Ilya not being an option going forward. And I think there's a concern there for Dev too, because I would, I would, and I, again, I know Dev has come back from the, the heart condition. He's back playing, but I feel like Jerome has earned that spot over Dev. So, I feel like Dev's playing time is going to go down, and I feel like Preston may get shifted more out wide. And uh, you know, Harry's uh, answer here to Earl's question: Santo is that perfect loss to Phoenix twice? Which I mean, that's like that's like losing to a a Premier League team, losing to a Championship club at this point. I mean, it's that's sad. But you guys are kick, kicking our butt in the standings, so I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah, so uh, I mean, going back and looking at that, looking at the release of Ilya Illich and what Harry said here about United uh, making moves to go up the standings. I mean, do you feel like Ilya kind of got the short end of the stick here, or do you feel like this is something that was kind of coming for a while? I mean, even if you, if you, even if you look at last year, uh, Ilya was kind of our break in case of emergency forward. Uh, it wasn't until we had just nobody up there. It wasn't until really. He didn't really start getting significant starts until Dev went out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brian Brown, obviously, the whole catastrophe there and trading him away. And and so we were pretty thin up top. Um, and then this year, you look at it and Preston, Jerome, Nico, Dev, and now Romario. It's, I mean, there was just not enough, not enough minutes to go around to keep everybody happy. I'm, I'm thinking that Pre- we've seen the last of Preston up top. Uh, aside from a few spot starts or spot chances here and there, which uh, we can argue, <laughs> break the internet, bro. Uh, yes, yes. Um, we can argue over who it affects more night and day. I, I, I think, uh, I think it affects Preston more because it's changing his position and he's taking, you know, have the minutes up here, right here. He has played. 939 minutes and I'd be willing to bet that all of them are up top and now he's going to take that 939 minutes and not play another minute up top possibly uh whereas Dev's played 46 minutes in three matches that's probably about what he's going to continue to get so I don't think it really changes anything for Dev moves Preston Illich obviously it it changed his trajectory quite a bit he's only played six minutes this entire season um, who think who do you think leads the team in minutes? 
Uh, they actually said this on the broadcast the other night. I believe it is uh, Justin Portillo. Uh, Seth, do you have a guess? I did just guess. Sorry, Earl, do you have a guess? <laughs> um, Brett. Uh, no, Brett is third. Justin is first. Who's second? Tembeckis. No, actually. No, because he missed uh, like four matches. Yeah. I would say it's uh, uh, Will. <laughs> yeah, it's Will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was freaking hilarious, Earl, but it was hilarious. Um, so, yeah. I, <clears throat> I do, you, do you guys think that we make any more moves? Yeah. yeah. I, I think we see uh, something in the midfield. Um, someone to play more of that, more of that cam role. Um, I mean, Sergio Bees and, and Christian have all been good at times, um, but Christian, to me, is very limited by his size. And when you go up against a, a team like Birmingham, that that does close down well, then he's going to have some issues. Bees has been inconsistent. Uh, yes, he has had some injuries, and I noticed he was on the injury report um, on the infographic Saturday. Uh, and he wasn't on our match notes. So I don't know what the issue is there. Um, and as far as Sergio, Sergio has been wildly inconsistent. And we've said it, we said it last <laughs> no, week. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He's been bad. That, that he's, he's just been bad. I would say well, playing in the midfield, yes. Playing as a forward, no. So that's why I say wildly inconsistent because there's no consistency between uh, how he plays in the different roles that he's been in. Like when he's been up top, he's been fantastic. But when he's been in the midfield, he hasn't been that engine that we need. So I don't I know if I'd say fantastic, but he has been better up top. I don't know if he's been fantastic. Harry, the answer to that is Justin Portillo. But it's because he had the answer. <laughs> I didn't actually have it up. I, I They'd said it on the broadcast Saturday. Yeah, so we were all privileged enough to watch the broadcast on Saturday. Yeah. Instead, yeah. instead we were busy baking in the oven. <laughs> Yeah, it was rather hot on Saturday, so uh, I'm impressed. Not as bad you. as today. No. Today, today was, was gross. Today was miserable, man. I, I tell you, I went out for a run last night. Um, I ran over, I went up to Jerry Klein Park. And well, you're running at night in that neighborhood? It was. Whoa. Hey, Rachel, glad to have you. Appreciate you dropping by. Um, yeah, no, it was. Well, it was damn about, it. Now I gotta be on my best behavior because Rachel's here. It was like 95 degrees up until about 8:30 uh, last night. It was miserable. Like, yeah, it, but once the sun went down, like it really, if you could feel the temperature drop, and like by the time I got done, it was like nine o'clock, and it was like right around 90 degrees. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I I told you guys I tried to run middle of the afternoon, and I nearly died of heat <laughs> stroke. So. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll run at seven thirty, eight o'clock. You know. So Josh, that's a good point. So your shirt right now has blue and red. So which one do you rep? Don't say anything with the neighborhood. You you will say one or the other, and there will be a knock at your door. <laughs> I, uh, when I was out there one day, I was actually wearing a white t-shirt. So you know, I don't think I was offending anybody with those colors. Yeah, you fit right in. Was it uh? Was it one of them um? One of them strapless bra types ones? No, it it was not. It was a it was a salt life shirt. What so. are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Earl, thank you. So, thanks so much for that. Um, 
but yeah, so Ilya's gone, Romario's in. Uh, we kind of talked about you know how the, how it affects different players. Then did we did we see another signing coming? I said something on the midfield, Jacob. What what do you think about that? I think I think you're right, and I think the back line is crowded as it as it is. <clears throat> um, it's it's a uh, you know, we've had injuries back there all year and still have been able to produce. If everybody's healthy, it's going to be hard to get everybody playing time. So I think the back line's pretty good. Uh, keeper position, I think we're pretty much set. Uh, unless Alex goes down with like a long injury, then I imagine we'll bring somebody in. I know Cody's still listed on the active roster, so I don't know what's going on there. If we could bring him back or not, probably not, but I don't know. Um, we just talked about the forward position and how there wasn't enough minutes to go around for Ilya. So, um, <laughs> uh, so, so the only place that I can really think of that we could use some help is midfield. And, and honestly, I mean, you look at our, our roster there and I obviously Portillo, we've seen Seymour get minutes there. We've seen Sam get minutes there. We've seen Weehan, we've seen Rivas, we've seen Nava, we've seen, uh, Azira, is it safe to say we've seen everyone but Tambakis in that position? No. No, it's not, actually. We've seen about a third. Because you just named team. about the entire starting lineup. No, because I we haven't seen Ilya. We haven't seen Devin there. We haven't seen Ford Parker there. We haven't seen Rad. I, we haven't seen Cody there. We haven't seen a Kisavetter there. We haven't seen Suggs there. We haven't seen Yearwood there. Do you want me to keep going? Because there's a lot more names that I can list here. <laughs> uh, but one, t- one player that that uh, we've talked about a few times, but hasn't really got a chance in that midfield. And I would love to see him in there for Weehan with Weehan being out. I don't know why he hasn't gotten a chance at least to come in as a sub, a substantial sub. He's come in. We've seen him a few times come in with like five, 10 minutes left, but uh call Fred Sainty. Like um, it's a guy that we heard the coaching staff praise in preseason. Uh, we saw glimpses of it through the preseason and practices. Um and I don't know. I mean, he's a kid. He's like 19, 18 or 19. 19 um, yeah. So that could be could be part of it is he just needs to to get that cerebral part of the game down a little bit more. But but I, w- I would love to see him uh, get a chance to actually go out and, you know, get a start, get 30 minutes, come in like, you know, 60 minute mark, something like that, and, and actually try to find a groove in an actual match and, and do it. So... <clears throat> Very kind of you, Rachel. Glad to see you on Saturday. And uh, I miss we'll you already. You next one. Hi, Day. Bye, Day. Rachel, we appreciate y'all stopping in. We really do. Um, you know, hopefully, we'll see you guys out there uh, here in a couple weeks. So, yeah, I'm Sainty. I would like to see Sainty get some run, but uh, with, with trying to win a championship, counting on a 19 year old, no matter how uh, much potential he has might not be the best way to win a championship. So I wouldn't mind seeing a, a proven midfielder come in and, and be able to get some minutes there. But uh, it's, it's really that, a, like that, like you said, that attacking, um, <laughs> uh, that attacking midfielder, you know, that that's cam role where we had, we see we had in there quite a bit, but you know, we had obviously has been injured quite a bit and, and we could use somebody else to be able to take that role over. Earl, do you have uh, anything else to add to that? Do you think do you feel like there's a different position we need to bring someone in? I know over on the subreddit, 
some folks were saying on Saturday that it was time to end the uh, the Seymour and Hamilton midfield experiments when most people, for whatever reason, don't realize those guys actually came in as midfielders. They've just been playing on the back line for out of necessity, you know, because of injury and things like that. So, uh, I mean, Earl, do you think there's a change, another change that needs to be made? Um, well, so yeah, so I will say my, my thought. <laughs> like how he's talking in the mic like this. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I, you guys hate me, don't you? I have to edit that. No, no, no. Leave it in. <laughs> Leave it in. Um, so, my opinion is, yeah, I think we bring someone in in the midfield or the back line in case of an injury. Um, someone for a breaking case of an emergency. That's my opinion. The subreddit opinion is that they bring in a new head coach. Uh, that's the opinion of about one person on the subreddit right now. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I don't think that's the answer there at all, but... Yeah, I don't think we're done seeing signings. I think there may be one, maybe two more. There was a rumor that got started, apparently, thanks to Google. Uh, apparently, Google. I'm, I'm here to dispel that rumor. It yes. is not true. There you go. Yeah, some uh, some goalkeeper, apparently, according to Google, was a part of New Mexico United. A uh, young man by the last name of Mercado. That is not accurate. He is in no way affiliated with the club. Uh, so, yeah, if you see that anywhere, it's not factually true. Um but yeah, it's just it's been a busy week. You know, we had the we had the, you know the, we had the the big roster news uh, happen over the past couple, over the past few days. We did have two matches last week. Obviously, New Mexico and I went out to FC Tulsa last Wednesday night, picked up a two one win out there. Um, guys, let's get some quick thoughts on this match here. Uh, in particular, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, about the the t- five to ten minute window there between the own goal. Uh, the corner leading up to the own goal, and then the the follow up goal from United. Like, do you feel like the referee had the call wrong there on the corner compared? Uh, Where a lot of folks said it shouldn't be a corner. Um, I don't think it should have been from watching the the replays that I saw, and then how United responded to that and picked up the penalty at the other end. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go. Earl. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really see the buildup to that play, and I didn't realize that it was a issue until after the fact when the announcers were talking about it after we got the PK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't bother to go back and look. I just kind of said it. Well, if the home announcers are saying that it probably should have been a corner kick, then it probably should have been a corner kick, or it shouldn't have been a corner kick. I mean, um, so so I, I didn't go back and look at that. Uh, the PK. The PK is what the PK is. It's there was contact, not a lot, probably not enough for a penalty. Kisavetter sold the crap out of it, um, and we got the call. Uh, to the fans that were complaining, I don't understand why. Um, I get that it's not fun necessarily to get a PK call on a sell job, but half the time our guys tried to sell a PK and then we don't get the call anyways. So at least we got a goal and got three points out of it. I'm if you're mad at that, I don't, I don't understand what you want. Uh, if you're complaining about complaining about the team, not performing and then getting a win and getting three points and complaining about how we got the three points. I just, I don't want to tell you, I don't think you'll ever be happy Earl, with, I follow with this or with your spouse or with your job. Or... <laughs> Earl, I want to follow that up. Uh, 
and take it over to you. There is one comment in particular I saw on Facebook. And again, you guys know that I'm not on Facebook. I don't post a lot over there. Someone said it went, it went against the core values of the club. Like, how far off do you have to be or how far off base do you have to be to, to make that sort of a comment when there's never been anything about drawing PKs as part of the core values of the club? You realize you asked the wrong person to this, right? No. Yes, the one guy who has zero filter. Um, so I'm going to try to be professional on this one. And I'm going to tell him that whoever says that is stupid because, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the 90 minutes, your goal is to walk away with three points. Um, okay. I don't know what Harry just said. He must be drunk already. Um, it makes perfect sense if you are a rational human being, girl. <laughs> well, good thing I'm not rational. I don't have any rashes anywhere, to be honest. But <laughs> um, I got that cleared up. Just kidding. Um, so no, so like I said though, it at the end of the day, your job is to get three points, whether it's a sell job in the in a penalty box or scoring the scoring a goal the next match in a minute and something seconds. Um, or nine seconds, whatever the hell it was. Um all I know is I blinked and we were scoring. I'm kind of impressed, but whatever. Um so yeah, so at the end of the day, you do what you have to to win. That does not go against any of the team ethics or 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 anything. Um, I'm gonna stop now so I don't say anything stupid. <laughs> well, I was just I was curious about that because obviously there was a lot of fan reaction, even from the from the United fan base, in the negative about how that that sequence played out. I mean, obviously. No, there should not have been a corner for for FC Tulsa in that in that instance, um, and it was really unfortunate uh, the way that the clearance happened, and you know went off of Rashid's head and right back into like complete and utter like fluke of a thing. Like you can't blame anybody for that. Like it's just yeah, that is that's it is what it is. But yeah, down at the other end, and to Harry's point here, Harry says it wasn't a PK. Was there a foul in the box? I believe so, yes. You can't wrap up a player like that. You can't. Was it soft? Absolutely. It was insanely soft. Um, was it? Was Kiesewetter's sell of that a Yuma-style action? Absolutely. Should there a foul have been called on, on Kiesewetter? I don't think so. I mean, that, that, that foul there, that call there was no worse than the cell jobs that Yuma has done for El Paso. And I've also seen worse for them. I've also seen worse from Yuma or from uh, someone else that's not named Yuma, um, whose name also has two letters in it instead of four. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll stop there. So I'm saying things stupid. Comment over here in the chat from Josh Greer. These guys that comment have no idea what it takes to play the sport or coach the sport. It's easy to point fingers and blame everyone. Just ask Cowboys fans. I'm tired of all the negative comments. Just support the club, which a lot do, but we can't win them all, which I think is absolutely correct. I mean, it's unrealistic, Cole, to expect the club to play perfectly in every single match and to walk out of the season with a perfect record. It's unrealistic. Should we and bring Cole on the pod? 
I don't, I don't care. Try. We've tried to bring other people on and people have ignored us. So, you know, if he wants to come on, let him come on. Like, I have no problem with that. No, he doesn't like us because he thinks that we are um, defending the team for being mediocre. Oh, well, you know. Um, he obviously doesn't listen to the pod. Clearly not. He obviously has, he has no idea what mediocre is because if you look at me, I'm quite mediocre. <laughs> Somewhat are you uh, a little below mediocre, but... <laughs> And I said mediocre. I would, I would not, not that. Not mediocre. Mediocre? <laughs> Carry on. We have the option to ignore the podcast. Well, crap. I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> no, Harry, you are obligated to. to, to yeah, you're like, our, here's the backup. So we'll let you know when we miss on, on air. That way you know the next week that you're you're on call. <laughs> Harry, I thought, I thought you've been ignoring the podcast for like a month and a half now. <laughs> Wait, he even, uh, I thought he ignores it while he's here. Um, but yeah, going back to, to Tulsa, looking at that, I mean, Raddy Ovuka had a fantastic match. I thought Raddy played really well. Um, so I would also argue that uh, Alexis Swalhe had a fantastic match. Um, there were some guys that put in some some great shifts on Wednesday night at Tulsa. Uh, who stood out to you guys? Oh, Raddy. Raddy by a mile. Um got the 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 hockey assist on the goal mm-hmm. um was just kind of all over the place was any other team's face um just i mean he, he looked like a uh, blasphemous i know but he looked like a younger josh suggs out there uh to me just the way he was attacking uh the way he was dropping back to defend the way he was getting in people's faces um he just he he impressed the heck out of me, and and we talked about his signing in particular this off season. You know he, you know was a Ghanaian Premier League, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, uh, arguably from everything we saw from the fans of Heart of Oaks, where he came from, um, as well as just social media for for the Ghanaian Premier League. Anyways, that he was one of the top two left backs in the Premier or in that league. Um, and we really wanted to see how that kind of transferred to us. And, and I think we've kind of seen in the brief glimpses of him that we've got that it, it transfers pretty well. Uh, he's come in and he's, I, I think he had a, a little bit of a slow start. We talked about him having to get used to the elevation and get in shape over here. But um, I, I think now that he's kind of found his sea legs, so to speak, he, he's looked fantastic every chance that he's been out there. And, and I hope that we can see him a little more often. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him a little more than Suggs during the regular season, keep Suggs fresh and, and healthy and being able to go into the playoffs with everybody kind of have the same minutes on their legs instead of a couple people like Suggs having a ton. Um, especially with a guy like Suggs who's been in the league for a long time, you want to get him, get him a little bit of rest and, and, uh, have all, everybody be healthy going into the playoffs. Um, I don't know why we wouldn't see Raddy in there a little more often. Yeah, and you could hear it on the FC Tulsa broadcast, uh, as poor as it was on Wednesday night. They, they were just like praising Raddy yeah. the entire night for the job that he did over there on that left side uh, against McFarland. And like he basically just shut down that left side uh, mm-hmm. defensively. And then going forward, you could see, and it, it's something we've talked about before, You know, his ability to get forward and drive the ball all the way down to the byline. 
drawing defenders and then play, trying to play that ball back in. And yes, he took a couple ill-advised shots, but you know, just his ability to play on the dribble, which is something that Zach has talked about. Guys who have the ability to do that are going to make a difference in this club, and we saw Ratty do that on Wednesday at, at Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Fully agreed. Earl, is there anyone else that stood out to you uh, Wednesday night? Earl doesn't remember yesterday. So, um, yeah, so I don't I know why two- you had to take that shot, Josh. Sorry. It was a random. I've been to Tulsa. It's a fine city. <laughs> Go ahead, Earl. He also lives in Fort Sumner, so it's whatever. Um, so Josh, that's a good call. But anyways, I do not live in Fort Sumner. Thank sorry, you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He used to live in Fort Sumner, and Bruce. even he had to move out of Fort Sumner. I didn't have to. Anyways, um, my I have two answers. Okay. One one logical and one kind of a troll answer. Um, <laughs> well, that's not saying a lot because my hair and beard are spectacular, Josh. So, thank you. So, my first answer is exactly what you guys both said is ratty. 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 Um, he played ratty, phenomenal from ratty. what I did have a chance to watch. Um, that was the crowd going wild. Ratty. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was uh You're so awesome. If you have kids, I just used a Moana quote. Yes, you did. Did you? I missed it. I was reading Harry's quote. <laughs> Harry's comment. Anyways, you're doing well, the crowd... wait time out. You're, what was your Moana quote? Like you're doing the crowd Disney cheering movie. the Yeah. And I did the You're so awesome. Oh, okay. Good job. Good job. See now I have kids I know that movie. You're welcome. Early, you gotta finish your thought. Or... That's, Josh, that's also where I moved to Fort Sumner from, so I feel personally attacked on this podcast. I'm also trying to finish my answer. Anyways, like I was trying to say before Moana came into play, um, Ratty was my my man of the match. He he played lights out. He played fantastic, <laughs> minus the few mental lapses that he had, but overall he played a pretty good game. My troll answer was Kisavetter. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the thing about Kisavetter, and I and I know that, and I appreciate Harry's comment over in the chat. Zach Prince is the man of the match. Uh, time in the sets. Absolutely. That that had a huge impact on the outcome of the game. But over the past few weeks, Jerome Kisavetter is a guy who, to me has shown that he's still got the ability to draw attention in the final third. He's a guy that's going to hold the ball up well. He can still get a good shot off every now and then. And he's a guy that still has that, that fire there. That he, he can have an impact on a match. Is he a 90-minute guy every single match? No, absolutely not. I thought it was kind of amazing the, the amount of minutes that he's seen over the past couple of weeks. But um, I, I think even with you trolling it, and saying that Jerome uh, your, is your your troll pick for man of the match on Wednesday night, like I still feel like he's done well the past few weeks that he's been in there. And he has. I mean, he scored a goal in the fastest time in United history. Yes, we're, we're going to get right to that. Um, and we can go use that as our segue there. But yeah. Well, Sam- yes, I'll just stop. <laughs> 
Well, we, if you're going to bring it up, we may as well go and do it. On Saturday, of course, the Mexico United and Pittsburgh Riverhounds got into action uh, down at the lab. First time ever meeting between the two clubs. And as Earl mentioned, Jerome Kiesewetter scored the fastest regular season goal in New Mexico United history. Uh, 50 seconds on the clock. New Mexico United took an early lead in that one. Uh, great play going forward. We'll see more with the interception. Played the ball over to Nico Brett, who then laid it off to uh, Jerome Kiesewetter over off the right. Um, and Earl, let's continue your thought process here. I mean, Jerome's played well over the past few weeks. What do you think it is about this opportunity for Jerome that he's been able to take the, take advantage of? Um, I think just, I actually don't know because watching him on TV versus watching him in person, it's kind of frustrating because on TV, you don't see the small mental mistakes that he makes more often than not. Um, I did, I did say small because they're not like game altering or turnover worthy mistakes, but they're not seeing a pass here or not making the assist there. Um, those are just the small ones right there, but he, yeah, he's played fantastic for the past, what? Three matches. Two and a half matches ish, something like that. Um, to be able to continue the start, do I see him starting in the near future? No, I don't see him starting Sunday, and I don't or Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, and I don't see him starting the next couple matches just to get Romero um, started and get him get him some confidence in playing time with his new teammates. Um, I will say, though, and Jacob can, can vouch for this because he was standing right next to me, we didn't even see that goal go in because we were still trying to get our little bibs on and, and, and Jacob started to comb his hair and brush his teeth and shit shower shave. Um, I'm, I'm relatively sure we both saw that goal go in. I'm relatively no. sure we both saw the turnover. I'm relatively, well, I know I saw the turnover and I saw the pass. And got excited, and then he scored, and we all got really excited. But I saw the pass and tried to get my phone out, and by the time I actually reached in my pocket, yeah, see, the that's goal what it was. was we saw the turnover, and then you went to go reach for your phone, and that's why you didn't see the goal because you were reaching for your phone trying to get it on film. Well, yeah, because it kind of is my job to take pictures and and whatnot. Hey, I took pictures. You saw the picture I posted today, right? Right? No, right? I took that no. picture. I took it, girl. Which picture? Not you on your crappy phone. I took. It. <laughs> With my crappy camera. I, sir, have an iPhone. <laughs> oh, Austin. Yes. Harry Austin with the shots. I love it. I was prepared the rest of the match, though. Not that it mattered, but I was prepared the rest of the yeah, match. Yeah, because we didn't score again. Talk yeah, we, we saw you guys quite a few times on the broadcast down there at the North End in the second half. Oh, yeah. We, I'm always down there. Yeah. Yeah. My family sees me all the time on it. Yeah, we're trying to be famous, trying to get our name out. I need uh, to watch need... the the match with the wind and the weather. What match mm-hmm. was that? Uh, Saturday RGB. before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to watch that one because if they didn't show us busting our butts trying to pick up signage when the wind blew it over, I'm gonna be very upset. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they saw that or not, but yeah, you definitely, you guys definitely got some uh, props from the club for for helping out out there. So yeah, it was a, it was a shit show. <laughs> was it, was it on air that they said, hey, shout out to those two buffoons, random people, 
buffoon. Running around <laughs> the freaking pitch, picking up signs when it's not even part of their job. No, oh, but both, it was wearing white, by the way. Yeah, there, <laughs> there was yeah. there was a comment made in the press box about the two of you wearing white and picking up the the, the dirty signage after it fell it, over. So. It did get my my shirt did get uh, stained. So, uh, or David, or if you're listening to this, uh, I'll, I'll take a replacement uh, in extra large if you got one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, Saturday, you know, Pittsburgh obviously came in. Pittsburgh is, uh, both clubs are taking fourth place in their respective conferences. Pittsburgh has had an interesting season. We saw a match early on and we kind of talked about it way back when Bob Lilly ran like a, a three, six, one formation. And they've kind of Bob Lilly, obviously, you know, one of the, one of the big names in the USL championship and us soccer, he's been playing around with his, with his lineup quite a bit. Um, and so as this match progressed, yes, United looked the better side in the, in the first half, but Pittsburgh really started to play their way into it. Uh, and then in the second half, obviously we saw uh, El- uh, Pittsburgh come back and pick up uh, the, the tying goal from Dane Kelly. Uh, Dane Kelly, obviously the all time USL goals leader. Um, what do you think changed after halftime, Jacob, that, that allowed Pittsburgh to get back into this match and pick up the equalizer? They brought on Dan Kelly, um, and Dan Kelly's a split second faster than Kalen Ryden. That's 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 really all. Go ahead, Speaking bash him, bash him, Ryden. bash him, so I can bash you, please. <laughs> you want to bash Kalen? And this is something I've said a couple times this season. Kalen Ryden appears to have lost a step. He's still he's still tactically <laughs> one of the best defenders in the league. I feel like, especially you know. Uh, the mental awareness, mental tactics, but physically, I don't think he's there where he was last season. He, we've seen a couple times here. He's gotten beat on, on those balls and he's not getting back. And it's that's probably the worst. That's, that's probably the worst take I've ever heard in my life. I don't know. Um, about I've, I've heard some ear takes. <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was, that was pretty much on, on par with some of the shit that I've said before. Um, <laughs> on show so listen, did, did you know it's impossible to hum while you hold your nose? No, no, we're not doing this right now. Bro. I am. I, I'm, I'm curious. On, how, I'm, I'm curious. Gonna, how I'm is this an Earl take? Right now. That's what I'm curious about. How is this an Earl take? When because you're seen... talking about two plays, you're talking about. I, I know that there's been a few times that he, a few other times that have the ball hasn't gone in the back of the net. Yeah, but you're talking about two goals that both come off. Probably the best one-touch springs for a forward I've ever seen in my life. One was a side foot, kind of just, eh, and then one was a header from Rodrigo de Costa last against Tulsa. That I don't think it was him not having the speed. I think it was him maybe getting caught a little bit flat-footed because they were unexpected first-touch passes. But at the end of the day, they were both like centimeter perfect passes that led to two of the quicker forwards in the league. Uh, Brian Brown, who we saw granted, he didn't do a lot and he damn sure didn't break the internet. Um, but we saw him was, he was very capable uh, getting out in front or getting out behind the defense and, and taking a shot like that. Um, and then the one with Dan Kelly, it's freaking Dan Kelly. Uh, he played, ran at it at the perfect angle, 
got to it just a hair before Kalen could and nutmegged Jambakis. Uh, they're plays that nine times out of ten, that pass doesn't even get to where it's supposed to go because it's just a hard play to make. And then the other time, usually the defender gets a foot to it or something, and these were just that perfect that they couldn't do it. And if you look, and then he did have the one where he went to go kick it and just completely whiffed um, on Saturday night. But that can happen. We've seen, we've seen Premier League guys do that. So I'm not going to fault him for that. It just, it happens sometimes. But those two plays in particular that you text us about right after they happened, saying that he got beat again, um, it wasn't him getting beat. It was a pass that was perfect that beat him. It wasn't him getting beat. Has he lost a step? Probably. That's kind of what happens, especially when you find out you're going to become a dad and uh, you have an injury that, that took away time from you earlier this year, uh, which I believe was a lower body injury or a leg injury of some kind, um, which will take away some of your endurance, some of your, your uh, what the hell is the word I'm looking for? You know what I mean? Um, so I don't... I don't think it's him losing a step in old age. I think it's him losing a step maybe this year because of an injury and, you know, becoming a dad and this and that and the other, or about finding out you're going to become a dad. Um, but those two plays in particular, I don't think, I think you can look at a few plays and say he should have made this play. He lost a step. I don't think those two plays are indicative of his ability right now. They were just perfect, perfect plays from the offense. Yeah, and I, I fully agree with with Harry here uh, uh, because it's a shit take. <laughs> that's that's what I agree with. Thank you, I, Harry, for backing me up on that. Love you. I mean, obviously, you know, we're all entitled to our opinions. Like, I just, I, I watch. Obviously, I watch the game a little bit different than than you guys do. You don't, though. I. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? That, do I? You really don't think that we watch the game differently? You see different things. I don't think we watch the okay. game. Me and you watch it differently than Earl. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but I've I, I am late to the soccer game. I haven't watched a lot of soccer in my life, but I have dug deep the last four years, specifically at tactics and things like that. And I see uh, several things that you say that you will see differently than everybody else, than both of us. I see them too. I just perceive them a little differently. <laughs> oh, you're fun, Harry. You're so much fun. Um, okay. I don't know. Except I just, I, I watched Kalen Good job, and, and, and I just, I don't know. Maybe it is the injury. I mean, he definitely does look a step slow. He definitely doesn't seem to have the same reaction. time, mean, even before he went out with the injury, like I just, I don't know, Kalen to me, I feel like he's lost a little bit from, from last year. And I don't think he's the, I don't think he's exactly the same. I think, I said, I think the mental acuity is there in terms of like tactics and being, and, and things like that. But the, the reaction time, the, the speed, I don't think it's there. So, and we've, we've seen him get beat times this year and he's been kind of bailed out at times by, by Austin or, or Rosh getting back and helping, helping defend. So um, I don't know. It's just something I've been watching this season, something I'm going to keep watching going forward. Um, it's because it, I, I agree that he's not the same as he was last year. 
I can also make an argument that he's been better this year than last year because last year he had a lot of brain farts. Last year we saw him make several bad passes that either led to goals or led to really good opportunities. And we haven't really seen that aspect from him this year. But I, and maybe it's just the way I, I'm not, not sure exactly where, where, where you're going with this. I don't know if you're saying like he's washed or, and he's not going to be the same player ever again, or if he's just taking a step back this season or, or what you're saying, but it sounds to me like you're, you're like out on Kalen right. And as a top peer, top, tier defender in this league and i just don't see that and then it's also like i said you can point to several other plays where i think he's gotten beat those two in particular are not plays that i think he's gotten beat on i i don't think he's washed i don't think he's this the i don't think he's the central guy in a three-back system anymore i don't think he is i think you need someone like will back there and maybe you know we've seen Kalen play that left center back role i think that's more where he's at not necessarily, you know, the the so that you know far left back, not that like a left center back, but definitely not the the central guy in that three back system because I've, I've because he has lost that step, you know. If you got a guy like Will who's who's a little bit quicker on the ball and quicker to get back um, and make recovery runs or something like Austin or something that can drop drop back and make that make that put that help in there, you know. I, yeah, that's where I think Kalen is. You know, put him out like the left center if you, back. If you move him back out, he's he's his one of his nicknames is the Golden Helmet because he's really the only center back that we have that I feel one hundred percent confident going up for a header against a center forward and winning. Yeah. So if you move him out of that central position and move him out to left or right towards the left or the right side you take away that aspect of his game that we don't have anybody to replace him with. I'm sorry. If you put Will back there, he's not winning those headers. And that opens up another vulnerability there. Cause Kalen to me has never been a blazing speed type of guy. Uh, even when, even in year one with us, when he was so spectacular for our, our back line, he wasn't, Oh shit. I got to get back and turn on the jets to get back. He was always, cerebral with it and kind of knew a step ahead of when he needed to start dropping back. And so I, I just, I see where you're coming from. I just don't see. I don't, I can't make the connections to certain things that you're making. Like I definitely wouldn't move him out of that center spot in the back three. I just would never do that. I don't disagree with you that, that he's our he's the best that we have in those types of situations, you know, going up against the center forward for an aerial. But I just think that he's I just don't think he's the best suitor for this, that that I said the the center guy in the three back system. You play four at the back, I think you're fine with him. But in that three back system, I don't think he's the right fit anymore. And that's why I say if you move him out to like the less center back role and put a guy like Will in there, that still gives you Kalen with the ability to and the, and the opportunity to drop into the box and play those balls. But I think he, it gives him a little bit more freedom to, to kind of, you know, to kind of drop back a little bit sooner and make up for some of those from that, for that lack of a, fir- of a first step. But I'm, if I'm looking at that, I'm attacking down his wing every time. If he's, if he has lost a step, I'm attacking down that wing. And then not only if, if he's lost a step, <clears throat> that much if you're attacking down that week you have a chance to beat him just in a foot race but then also if you send a cross in from his side if he's trying to get to the ball 
instead of being in the in the in the box, he's not going to be able to go up for headers. And you're going to have Will, who's significantly smaller and not as big of a jumper. And is also not young, by the way, which I keep forgetting because you see him out there and you see him running like crazy. Uh, and then you, I think he's like 31, 32 even maybe. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. But but um, I just, I, I'd, if I saw them move it, him move to a side, I would, I would be concerned. Maybe next year, you're right. Maybe next year we, we figure something else out if we're going to stick with the back three. But as far as this year is concerned, he's, I think he's our best option by a mile in that center back, in that central center, center back. Center, he's also 31. Back. Yeah, he's 31. Kalen um, or Will? Kalen. What's Will? Because Will is the one that I thought is the one that I was talking about seeing him run around everywhere. Uh, and, Will's 30. Uh, 30? Oh, okay. So I I can agree that he might have lost a step this year. I can disagree vehemently that he is uh, not our best option back there and shouldn't be in the center in the middle of a back three. Perry, I'm not walking it back. I'm not. Like, I just... I feel like, you know, I, I said what I said. That's how I feel. That's how I viewed Kalen this year looking back at the tape. And so, um, yeah, not, not walking that back at all. Uh, I think he's still a, a viable option in the back. I just, don't, like I, said, I just don't think he's the center guy in a three-back system. If you've got the additional support from, uh, from, like a, from another center back and then you've got the left and right backs coming down to support or put him, you know, like put him on the left, you've got someone like Will in behind, I think he's got you've got enough support for Kalen there, but um, I just, like I said the the center guy at three back. I just don't think he fits there right now. Um, but anyway, back to Saturday night. Obviously, United gave up another lead at the Lab. The United is now, I believe, it's two one and six at home this season. Uh, I've got it right here. Hold on. Uh, three one and five. five. I was close. Three one and five at the Lab compared to six, two and two on the road. I mean, Earl, what is it right now about United at home that we just don't, uh, we just can't find the same results that we do on the road. I don't know what it is. Um, for one, I'm not a professional soccer coach or a professional analyst. Um, but I will say we've only lost one game at home. Granted, we have five draws or whatever the hell the number was. Um, but really, it's only one loss at home. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, there was a post on Facebook Sunday morning, late Saturday night. We haven't lost at home since April. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. I, yeah, it was, uh, I love the, the post was from David Carl. Uh, and it's absolutely right. We haven't lost at home since April. We are still, you know, we, we still do have a an admirable home record, but there just doesn't seem to be the same level of intensity or uh, ability to close out matches. And, you know, I don't know what it is, but you know, really what it is, we decide to tone it down a little bit around the 70th, 75th minutes into the 80th minute. And that's when teams get comfortable and they score. That's when they start pressing us because they see everyone just hanging out, camped out in the back and they just find a way to make it through and that, and score. That Jacob, wasn't the case Saturday at all. Jacob, though. it's my time. But that wasn't the case Saturday at all. Quiet Coyote. 
I have the power. Remember, Earl? <laughs> uh, but that, no, that I I didn't think that was the case at all. I thought the second half of of this Pittsburgh match was fairly even. Um, I felt like we had attacking moments throughout the second half, even before we gave up the the tying goal. Um, so that could be said in some of the other matches that we've had. Yes. But I, I just, I didn't see that this match, uh, I didn't really see it in the RVG RGV match when it was raining like that. Um, I didn't, I didn't think we really packed it in then either. Uh, I've, I've talked about this before. If you're the club that is down a goal in the last 15, 20 minutes, you're just going to have the ball more in most cases if if the teams are at all even which i think in the usl from top to bottom uh, well aside from like the very tippy tippy top and the very bottom bottom looking at you phoenix um all the clubs are pretty even and when you have a clubs that are pretty even if the team that's down by a goal in the last few minutes they're gonna have the ball more uh, and it's your job to defend it uh, i think our biggest problem has been defending set pieces um I know that's not how they scored Saturday, but uh, if you look at the three goals that we've given up in the last in stoppage time, I think they've all been in stoppage time or like at the 89th minute or 90th minute or into stoppage time. They've all come off of set pieces. Every single one of them, Orange County, Oakland, and shit. Help me out here, guys. What was the last one that we gave up off a of set piece? Was it RGV? Had to have been RGV. Thanks for the help. Yeah. I think so. Um, <laughs> Harry's partner, Harry, you're, you are correct. The, the post that was on Facebook did say April. That's why it's just in all of our heads, April. But yeah, no, we did we we did lose the Birmingham in June. You are correct. Yeah, it had to be RGV. Um, so those those three things were all offset pieces, which is just yeah, it was uh, just. Um, that's been a, a huge bugaboo for us. And yes, I just said bugaboo, get over it. Um, and without those set piece lapses, which and we've talked about set piece defense several times where it hasn't even given up a goal. It just hasn't looked pretty and has been like heart stopping because you think, oh shit, they're going to score here. And then somehow we get a miraculous clearance. But then eventually if they get enough chances, which they're going to when they have the ball a little bit more than us and they're really trying to get a point out of it, they're going to get some corners and they're going to get some fouls. Um, and then that leads to set pieces, set piece chances, which when you don't have a set piece defense leads to goals at times. And, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, so I do kind of want to agree with Earl here on this statement. I made, cause I was live tweeting the match on Saturday and I do agree. Cause if you watch, I think it's right around the 50th, maybe the 60th minute you could see United start to drop people back. And I think Zach addressed this in the presser. Um, you like you do see United drop back behind the ball and start to give up a lot of possession uh, or give up a lot of ground to, to Pittsburgh. And it's from that point on that Pittsburgh really starts to push that issue. And so I I have to go back. I have to, I have to watch some more matches, but I, I want to say that it's pretty consistent in a number of home matches where we do start to drop behind the ball and give that possession up. Now there are, there were a few where we started that way and tried to play off the counter, but you're up one nil. You've got to keep pressing that ball. You've got to keep going forward. You can't, 
drop back and allow other teams to come and impose what they want to do or try to impose what they want to do on your home field. Yeah, I mean, and maybe when you're when you're down where we are uh, on that touchline on the north end, like you were talking about earlier, um, it, our defensive shape is kind of hard to really see. Um, I was just mainly going off of it was pretty even as far as time spent looking down at that far end at them attacking and looking up at us attacking, and uh, not even possession didn't seem that off in the second half it felt pretty even to me there i didn't i wish usl championship would break down the first and second half possession on the stats website but uh they do not so um have to figure out a different way to look that kind of stuff up but it it was in what it felt like to me i haven't rewatched it which i need to but you know we don't all work from home like some people Earl, oh no, Earl doesn't work from home either. Seth, just Seth. Um, and so it's, it's, I, I, I don't want to hear it there, Captain. I live on the beach. It's, it's it's really not much of a beach, but I appreciate it. Um, I'll, Seth, I'll take your word for it being up there and being able to see it a little bit more, but we didn't. I didn't feel like they dominated possession in the second. They might have had some more, but I didn't feel like they dominated possession in the second half. And um, I also didn't feel like they had way more chances in the second half than we did. I <clears throat> I feel like there were several times where we had corners or we had, uh, you know, Preston driving right at me and Earl at times uh, and crossing it back. Uh, he didn't. Earl did not get taken out like he did against the RGB game. Uh, I thought we lost him there for a minute when Suggs just completely ran into him. But uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's the problem because I don't. I don't see why that would change versus home and on the road. Yeah, I don't know what it is. There's just something what about, about half, the, the mentality there. That's okay. Um, that just I don't know. And, and people keep bringing it up. People keep talking about social media. Keep talking. People keep talking about it. And Zach, you know he he's kind of addressed it a few times saying, Hey, you know, maybe we backed off a little too early in places. Um, but yeah, something that United has to figure out. I mean, See, we even out possessed him in the second half. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't even, the, but it wasn't even necessarily, I mean, they did pick up more possession in the second half than what they had in the first, but when you start dropping back behind the ball, like yeah, that, the space, yeah, the spacing yeah. and it, it allows them to get more opportunities on goal. Which is funny though. Cause the score, the goal that they scored wasn't on a, we were dropped back behind the ball. It was, we got beat on a ball, yeah. a through ball. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, you know, it, it's there. I mean, obviously we all know there's any number of ways and, and opportunities that the goals are going to come from, but yeah. Uh, River hounds just, you know, they, they played better in the second half. In my opinion, they made, they made them uh, the most of the opportunities that they had. And, and we didn't. Um, so, I mean, obviously we do still end up with the one, one, draw five matches unbeaten now uh we head into saturday the away match at detroit city fc uh earl do you want the smoke <laughs> don't ask him that dear god don't ask him that. <laughs> so this is this is a touchy subject for me 
One, because I hate the damn tent. But two, everyone here knows that I'm a wrestling fan. And there's a certain tag team that uses that as their catchphrase. So, no, I don't want to smoke for United. But I can tell you now, if the Street Profits are asking me if I want to smoke, then yes. <laughs> Jacob, heading into Keyworth Stadium, obviously it's been a big sticking point for the league this year. Keyworth has been a very good place for Detroit City to play. Um, how do you think the, the friendly confines of a space like that affect United, or do you think it doesn't matter at all? I don't know. For four years now, it seems like we embrace playing on the road more than we do at home as far as getting results. Uh, so they're used to it being loud. Um, I think they might even be happy that it's being loud against them where they can shut them up with a good play. Um, so I don't, I don't really see that being an issue. Detroit, uh, started off really well. Um, hasn't, hasn't quite kept up, uh, with how they started and have dropped off. I think they're what now? Sixth. Um, fifth. fifth uh and so i i i'm not too worried about it being uh not too worried about the crowd or the opponent being just over overpowering but uh it's definitely a game that we could lose um going on the road against a, a playoff opponent in the eastern conference is obviously uh a losable game but i'm not i'm not going in going oh that's a loss if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, you know, Detroit, they've obviously, they, they, they came in with a lot of fanfare. They've, they've really been making a name for themselves. Um, Harry's got a point over here talking about the turf. Here we go. Turf is more of a concern, but DCFC has a super thin roster due to injuries. That is, of course, a concern. Um, United is still dealing with injuries as well, but of course, I think our roster is a little bit more fleshed out than theirs is top to bottom. And you look at Detroit's roster, two names to me stand out Antoine Hopeno and uh, Steinwasher, the goalkeeper, as guys who have had some really good seasons this year. Uh, DCFC is not necessarily the strongest at the back. They do give up a lot of opportunities. Um, but, and Steinwasher has had to really step up his game this season and is in the running right now for, for a keeper of the year. Um, looking at their roster, where do you think there are opportunities for United to take advantage? Ah, you basically covered it. Um, their, their midfield also hasn't been super impressive to me. Um, admittedly, watching midfield play is something that I have to like tell myself to do so I don't focus on it all the time, and I, it gets lost. But um, they're just kind of steady in the mid, eh, a little below steady in the back, a little above steady in the front, and that's why they're at where they're at as far as the standings are concerned. Um so that, that back line definitely is something that, that I think can be exploited. And I, I, I have a hard time getting worried about our defense, uh, even with uh, a washed uh, center back back there. Uh, our defense just doesn't, doesn't – uh, nobody smiled at that or anything, really. It was a joke about 
Kalen Ryden and Seth calling him washed or implying that he's washed and nothing. I get ne- I get stone faced killer from Seth and then Earls and La La Land. <laughs> Damn. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think the defense is going to be able to handle them. Um, Pittsburgh came in with a, a pretty good defense or a pretty good offense, and we stymied the majority of what they wanted to do. Um, and so I. I I think I, I think I like our chances of maybe getting more than one goal scored, um, and if that's the case, I, I don't think we lose. I mean, if we've scored two goals this year, uh, we've basically won every game but one. So if we can just get that second goal, we're good, we're fine. But, and I, I think that stays true here. If we get two goals, I, I would almost guarantee three points. Earl, what is what do you think about Saturday uh, as being the the key point for United on in this match? I think just starting fast and starting hot. I mean, obviously scoring a goal early kind of throws the team off the rhythm. Um, so that's one key is starting quick, scoring quick for sure. Um, I think the second key is holding that early goal and actually walking out, even if it's a one nil win. Um, walking out with a one nil win um, without having any kind of scary moments of possibly giving up a tying goal in the 80th minute or something dumb that usually happens. Um, so yeah, so scoring quick and holding the holding the lead through the end of the game. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right there, Earl. Um, United has always done well when they've scored early. Um, typically when that I have to double check the stats, but I believe we have a better than 50% win rate when we are, when we do score first, um, because, <laughs> and we know from, we know that historically United does not play from behind very well. So, um, yeah, a quick goal on the road, uh, is going to limit, uh, Detroit's options, uh, in terms of what they, what they're going to see going forward. Um, they're, about middle of the pack in terms of goals scored they're towards the bottom towards the top of the league and, and uh, fewest goals conceded um so it could end up being a very defensive battle on saturday but i think like i said detroit city gives up a ton of uh a, a ton of attacking opportunities to opposing clubs and it's just a matter of whether or not united can take advantage of those um so that being said jacob what is your score prediction for saturday Oh, I'm so glad you asked me first. Uh, one, two, three, four, five of our matches have finished with this scoreline. I like my odds. Uh, I'm going to go two one. All right, Earl, what's yours? I fucking hate it here. <laughs> so, uh, First off, before I make my score prediction, can we talk about the fact how I went for fifty percent this weekend? You did. You did get the the score prediction on the Wednesday, correct? So, with that being said, one nil, one nil. All right, Harry over in the chat with a one one draw. Um, two one, one nil, one one. Yeah. I, I, I would like to see us score. I think we can score two goals against Detroit. Um, it's just going to be a matter of chance creation. I'm going to say 
2-0 United. Um, we're going to see one early and maybe one uh, middle of the way through the second half, I think. So uh, there you go. There are our predictions for this weekend. Um, and you guys both kind of alluded to it early. I think it might have been before the show. And Harry mentioned earlier, apparently there's some drama down I-25. Uh, yes. Jake, and, you to fill us in on this? And over on I-8. Is that what it is? Um, this this is I, – I love it. I love it so much. Just seeing our two rivals in such disarray. Um, you have two players uh, rumored or maybe even more than rumored to be going out of El Paso. Uh, Sebastian Velasquez hasn't been around and and is seemingly on his way out. Richie Ryan has asked for a transfer or a release. Um, our friends over at Seriously Loco are reporting that Indy has made offers of transfers of money or players, uh, and El Paso hasn't replied to those, which doesn't surprise me at all with Mark Lowry over at, at Indy. Um, him wanting to go there or or uh, Lowry wanting to come over there, one or the other, doesn't, doesn't surprise me in the least, but um, they just got, uh, I believe they just got shellacked by Oakland uh, in their last time out, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and what they was just, a big old high five? Um, but either way, it was it was not pretty. Um all in all, actually, they've been like they're still middle of the table. Oh, oh, oh sorry, middle of the playoffs, anyways. Um granted they have played a lot more games than just about everybody else over there. But uh they just something seems to be off, and we'll see if they can can ride the ship and continue to get results, even if the locker room's kind of a disaster. Uh, I'm way more excited about what's going on in Phoenix, though. Um, Real quick before you get to that, apparently uh, in the lead-up for the San Antonio match uh, for El Paso this weekend, apparently Eder Borelli is going to be out as well as and Yuba may be out as well. So Yeah, Borelli's got a shoulder, dislocated shoulder. Yeah. Uh, Yuma, Yuma's Yuma, I don't know. I but think the they're reason, almost better when Yuma doesn't play, but that's just me. But the reason why Ryan wants out is that El Paso wanted to take yeah. a 30% pay cut. Yeah, which, how are you going to ask, like, the captain of your team to take? I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy to me. But um, we'll see what they do. I, I, I have more faith in them making the playoffs this year. Obviously, they're in a much better position than Phoenix is right now. But uh, Phoenix just released another one of their main defenders in Manuel Madrid. Um, Arturo Rodriguez has been out. Uh, they sit currently 11th in the Western Conference on 22 points. They do have uh, the least amount of matches played in the Western Conference, or tied with uh, Sacramento and Monterey Bay in that asset or in that facet of the game. So they they have a little bit to turn around. So, oh, man, is their schedule tough coming up? So they, yeah, they do have a little bit to turn around. But I do have a quote from Phoenix Rising Club Governor Bill Kraus. Yes. Rick is our guy. We're sticking with him. You guys thought I had something. You guys <clears throat> thought. Um, anyways, Rick is our guy. We're sticking with him. He's earned the right to coach our team through this period. So we are backing him, maybe even providing him with additional resources. Rick is our guy. Uh, I'm going to address Harry real quick. 
Uh, I didn't say that I was thinking they were going to make the playoffs. I just think they're in better position, and I would feel better about them making it than Phoenix. I just don't see Phoenix going on a run. But they they could easily fall off and, and not make it either, which how, how funny would that be, having both of them miss the playoffs after getting bounced in the first round last year and still talking mad shit to us? That'd be great. Uh, back to Phoenix. That's part of the reason why I don't think Phoenix is going to make the playoffs is because they're going to keep Rick as the coach, and I, I don't... I don't know why, to be completely honest with you. I, I'll i argue that he, I mean, he's, he led that team to its four best years ever, uh, led, led, led them to one season of the best season anybody's ever had in the USL, uh, as far as regular season is concerned anyways. Um, but it's just clearly not going to work there with Rick there. So keeping Rick, losing Madrid, not having Arturo, um, there's drama with uh, Sejas. Um, there has been for several weeks about that uh, injury related. And then just them wondering what the heck's going on. Rick being kind of shady with it. Uh, they just, there. there's giant red flags in, in both Phoenix and El Paso. And I, for one, am here, am here for it. So I don't understand, like, to be honest, I really don't understand how Phoenix keeps Rick. Um, they've won twice. Since May 7th. Yep. It's crazy. And you look at the upcoming schedule. They are at Lou City. Three days later, they host Sacramento. Four days later, they go to Oakland. They are they have... closer to the bottom of the table than they are to the nearest playoff spot. Oh, yeah. By a lot. Then they have Colorado on, at Two home, points. Vegas at home. Uh, Orange County on the road, and then El Paso in the what the hell happened to us this year bowl. <laughs> so I want to go back to Harry's comment, Harry's two comments here real quick. El Paso is fool's goal. They will slide in the standings once teams start to catch up. <laughs> so my question is, who's going to catch them in the standings? Um, I will tell you right now. Because I, I don't see Rio Grande Valley popping up in there. Maybe, Las Vegas and Oakland. Maybe Oakland. May. I think Oakland has a better chance than Vegas, but Vegas does still have three matches in hand. Yeah. So, I mean, if Vegas continues to play the way that they have, I could see them doing it. I, I think Oakland has an outside shot, but I just don't know if there's going to be enough coming up from the bottom to drag El Paso out of the, out of the discussion. Well, I think, I think those bottom, I think the bottom spot, the bottom two spots, probably Sacramento, I think will get up in the top five um, with us and San Diego and Colorado and San Antonio and be kind of cemented in the playoff spot. But six, seven, uh, I could see El Paso. I could see Galaxy. I could see Lights. I could see Roots. I could maybe even see RGV. Um, I, I wouldn't be completely shocked if monterey bay um flirted with it not saying he, they got they get over the line but um i was impressed with how they played against us um and and kind of all season they've been like right there aside from the drubbing that uh harry put on um so i, I just i could see anybody taking the, that spot away from el paso other than really Phoenix and Orange County and probably Monterey Bay, but 
probably RGV too, if I'm if I'm being completely honest. But Lights in Oakland are definitely right there. Yeah, no, here I know it's close. I just looking at how the teams are playing, I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know that I've seen enough from Oakland um, for me to put them in there. Vegas, I think have have the have the ability to do it. Um, it's going to come down to what happens uh, in El Paso's in the schedule and with all the with all the issues that they have down there right now. I think that's does, what it's come down to for them. Does Phoenix have any chance of making the playoffs? To you? No. They're just done. Even if they replace Rick this weekend, at the end of this weekend, I don't think they do. Um, because I just don't think there's enough belief in that team, no matter who's in charge of right now, to for them to come back. I don't I don't even see the talent necessarily. Maybe it's because some of the new guys that they brought in and and the the way they played this year just hasn't really shown me anything. The but, only uh, new guy that came in and actually made some kind of effective difference is Donisiano. The only reason why I know that name is because he comes from Nashville. So are you just assuming he's made a difference or have you watched him make a difference? Uh, from the trolling matches that I've watched of El Paso, he's made a difference. Okay. I mean, you still have names. That are there, right? I mean, you still have Quinn, Sejas, Epps, Calistri, Lambert, Moar, um, Rodriguez, Hurst, Repetto. I mean, there's still there's still names there that you look at them and you're like, oh, those are good players. They haven't been good this year, and so you kind of have to say, okay, well, how much of that is them, and how much of it is Rick, or just the vibe in there there in general. And so, uh, like you said, I don't even think if they replaced Rick, I don't think that if they replaced Rick two weeks ago that they would get it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it would take for, for Phoenix at this point. Um, like I, said, I think they have talent, but I don't think that they have the, the motivation or the morale or the belief in themselves and or any system between now and the end of the season that's going to help get them over that line. So yeah, uh, especially with the overconfidence that some people believe that they're going to be loose city this weekend. Yeah. I don't, I, when loose city stomps them tomorrow, I'm going to be thrilled. Um, but I, I think they have talent. I don't think they have the talent to make up seven points and jump four teams. That's, that's a lot to ask. Um, so yeah, I just, I could not be happier that uh, those two teams in particular are the ones that are blowing up in the middle of the season. Uh, while we're, meanwhile, going out and uh, playing or bringing in guys like Romario Williams and and getting healthy Moreno and, and we hand back, I'm, I'm just thrilled about everything that's going on with those three teams. I wish San Antonio wasn't at the top of the table because we wouldn't have to listen to Harry, but... Uh, <laughs> But I I like Harry, so I'd rather him be up there than Vagina Plaster or uh, Jerry Crybaby Mario. Uh, let's see. One final topic here. We'll get to this before we do get out of here. Harry, uh, any thoughts on the sub last night with Colorado Springs in the San Diego match? Uh, if you missed it, apparently Colorado Springs went into the match with only 12 players on the team sheet due to some injury concerns. Uh, Colorado also went on to pick up two red cards 
during the course of that match and lost to Loyal by a final of 3-0. I mean, what, how do you get to a point where you only have 12 players available? Like, do they run that small of a squad that they just, that they can't bring, put someone else in there, like some some younger guys in? But like, this is, I think I thought that was just embarrassing for Colorado. Well, Harry, Harry alluded to it on Twitter earlier. They asking about a, an academy, and they don't have their own academy. Uh, they brought in some players from uh, some semi-pro league there for the night. It looks like their roster is fairly good-sized. Um, me and our me and Seth talked about it a little bit earlier. They just they play Friday. Um, you have a few dings here and there. They're just. I think they played Friday, and after the game Friday, they were just like, you know what we're going to do? Uh, we're just not going to give a damn about the game on Monday, and it, it'll be a schedule loss uh, for my basketball fans that actually follow basketball, know all about schedule losses, and that's, that's I think, what it was. They went out, they took care of business Friday against Los Dos. They said, loyal, we're waving the white flag, um, and until I see them, you know, we, we'll see them Friday again. Uh, on the 22nd against Charleston, hosting Charleston. If they lose that game by a substantial amount, or even if they lose it at all, maybe I'll bat my eyes at it. But until then, I'm I'm just chalking that up to a a, a fluky loss, basically. If if a depleted switch, if a uh, if even a I think I'm sorry, if even a depleted switchback squad loses to Battery this year, like that's a problem. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. At but home. I think I think Harry has an interesting question here. Car switchbacks have been around since 2014. How do they not have an academy in place at this point? Well, they they were they've been around since 2014, but for six of those years, five of those years, they were associated with the Rapids. So they would get players from the Rapids organization, probably above them and below them. Uh, so it, they didn't need an academy team then, and I don't know if they ever saw that going away or thought about it going away. So now they probably should get on that and get it started. But uh so the statement that came from the club, I don't know if you guys follow on the cancel their academy. I don't know if you guys follow the uh the switchbacks FC on Facebook or not. Um if you don't, I got a quote for you from them. Um the Colorado Springs switchbacks players and the staff have been warriors the past few weeks as they fought through a heavy schedule and multiple serious and chronic injuries. The team has once again uh, is once again facing an outbreak of injury and illness after a tight turnaround and will be playing with a compromised team. We covet and value your support as Switchbacks fans as we face another unexpected challenge on the pitch tonight. Well, yeah, I had seen that last night on Twitter and it just that's what what makes me say say that it is what it is. We'll see. Uh, thank you for correcting me, Harry. All right, <laughs> uh, Harry, we appreciate you being here. That's actually going to do it for us here this evening. A uh, lot covered on tonight's show. Be sure to check us out across social medias. Uh, Saturday night, Detroit City. I know we're excited. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts before Jacob gets us out of here? Take that as no. All right, Jacob. All righty. Um, two things. One, if you want to laugh, go follow um, a few people in Phoenix Twitter, Phoenix Rising Twitter, uh, and you will 
you will get some laughs because of what's going on over there. Uh, Harry, glad to have you back. Glad you stayed for the whole show. I know it's late over there. Um, hadn't seen you in a while in the chat aside from a few opening remarks. So to have you here still, uh, very impressive, and I appreciate it greatly. Uh, everybody else that was in the chat, of course, appreciate you guys. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday. Only have one match to talk about and only have to preview one match, which is nice. Uh, nice little reprieve from this Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday stuff that we've had going on. And uh, hopefully we get three points there in Detroit and can come back and and celebrate on the podcast. And we hope that you guys come and join us. And until next Tuesday at 7 o'clock or 9 o'clock, why did I say 7 o'clock? I'm thinking uh, it's not even West Coast time. I don't know what that is. Uh, 9 o'clock next week. Come join us. Thanks. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.